Bill Anderson joins us for this podcast, and uh, you know I enjoy him. Hey, Bill, a former attorney out of Rutland who still, I'm sure, gives a little advice here and there, but uh, just a, a walking historian and and uh, you know an individual that served this country in many different capacities, not the least of which was as a Marine in, in the Vietnam War. But, uh, Bill, I want to talk to you about past presidents. Um, I want to talk to you about the politics of the day versus what the politics are now. Uh, certain things come to mind instantly. You know, I it's my belief that Abraham Lincoln today would be a Democrat. It's my belief that, uh, you know, when you look at George Wallace being a, a Democrat, I can't possibly imagine him being a Democrat today uh, with the way the Democratic Party is. So when, when you look at Abe Lincoln and you just put a label behind his name, which is Republican, uh, what did Republicans stand for in those days? Well, uh, Republicans, uh, I mean, one of the primary uh, positions of the Republican Party was uh, uh, the uh, uh, immorality of slavery and, uh, and how uh, it was uh, untenable for a country such as ours founded on the principles that it was founded upon to uh, tolerate within its society and to protect within its body of laws the institution of slavery where uh, where one human being could own another human being as a as personal property and could could treat that other human being as personal property that could do whatever uh, they wanted to uh, to do with that person uh, just as if that person were a horse or a dog or a cow or or uh, or any other uh, uh, piece of livestock uh, uh, in their community, uh, and that that person uh, had no more rights than any other piece of livestock in the community. They had no rights as a human being. But but somewhere along the line, and, and this is kind of what I'm getting at, attitudes changed within the parties, for example. There was no question that, you know, at the at the time of Abraham Lincoln, the Democrats were wrong. They were absolutely wrong. And and that that came through. In the South, if you look at uh where the Democrats were all the way up to the 1960s in some people's case. Uh, and I go back to the example of George Wallace. If if you look at where the, the Democrats were in the South, you're left shaking your head. But today, uh, you look at where black people vote and over 90% of them affiliate themselves with the Democratic Party. Now today, and so the evolution of parties, you know, Teddy Roosevelt, uh, saying, you know what, this this isn't my party anymore after Taft did some of what he did and then starting the Bull Moose Party. I mean, the evolution of parties a little bit, Bill, that's, that must be part of America's history forever. Well, yes, uh, and and part of that is, uh, you know, the one party has success 
in uh, campaigning for or against a certain thing and uh, and uh, uh, affiliating itself or trying to attract uh, to itself uh, uh, certain groups of people, whether it's uh, based on on race or on uh, on their occupations or uh, you know economic status, uh, whatever it might be, you're competing for those votes as uh, as the organizer or leader of a political party, and so you tend to uh, shift the position of your party to attract those voters that you're trying to add to your uh, to your group well you know and in so doing you probably uh, leave behind others who have been members of your party but now uh, find that they don't have a home there anymore so you know as you pointed out uh, the the uh, Democrats uh, from the 1820s, I suppose, uh, up until uh, uh, the the late 60s were the home of uh, those who supported racial segregation and uh, who... uh, you know who were in favor of discrimination uh, against uh, certain people based on their race or ethnicity or or even their gender, and uh, um, uh, in the 1960s, uh, the Democratic Party said, uh, or the leaders of the Democratic Party said, no, uh, we don't want to be identified with that, with those positions anymore. We don't want to be identified with people who hold those positions. And for a while in the late 60s, there was no political party in which racism uh, had a home. Um, A lot of people don't realize that in the Civil Rights Act of uh, 1964, um, the uh, 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 a substantial majority of Democrats obviously voted for it because it was a Democratic proposal from John F. Kennedy. It was uh, backed heartily by Lyndon B. Johnson. He literally put his, even before he was running for election, he put his presidency on the line in favor of that of the Civil Rights Act and a substantial majority of Democrats voted for it but a lot of people don't realize that three-fourths of the Republicans in the Congress voted for that Civil Rights Act would that happen today Pretty doubtful, I think. Uh, but at that time, you had uh, uh, Everett Dirksen, who was the Republican leader of the Senate, 
very colorful fellow, but also a principled guy who, who uh, he and Lyndon Johnson understood each other, and uh, they uh, they worked together to get that uh, piece of legislation, uh, uh, landmark legislation that is uh, still in effect. Although there are those who want to get rid of huge parts of it, but uh, uh, they haven't succeeded yet, and uh, maybe they won't. But uh, I think that that is a, uh, a huge legacy for the uh, the original goals of the Republican Party from back in the 1850s, which was to secure emancipation and to secure equality of treatment under the law for all people, all people, not just white people or or, uh, or not just rich people, you know, uh, but uh, but for all people. And uh, uh, in the uh, 1970s, that whole thing started to change. Uh, uh, the people surrounding Richard Nixon rec- recognized a political opportunity to get a large group of people who had never, ever considered voting for a Republican to uh, uh, to vote Republican and to become adherents of the Republican Party. And, and that was the, uh, the Southern strategy that Nixon put in, <clears throat> Nixon and his team put in uh, into place in the late 60s after his election in 1968, they, they, they embarked on that Southern strategy to attract these people uh, who didn't have a political party as a home. I mean, I guess, I guess you could say they did uh, in a way. Uh, George Wallace had what was called the American Party. Uh, and uh, as you those who were around then might recall that uh, George Wallace ran for president and he had uh, former Air Force uh, General Curtis LeMay as his running mate. The Vietnam War was still going on and the, uh, the uh, motto, uh, at least uh, 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 ascribed to, uh, to Wallace uh, and LeMay, uh, for their campaign slogan was uh, uh, "Bombs Away with Wallace and LeMay," uh, and LeMay's uh, theory was uh, to uh, bomb Vietnam back to the Stone Age. Well, uh, I don't know if he if he would have done that. Uh, that that was never tried. It wasn't tried yeah. by Johnson, and it wasn't wasn't tried by Nixon. But uh, uh, but anyway, that was the position of the American party, uh, uh, and they were out on the fringe. Um, so when you look, when you look at that bill, it, it makes me think of two presidents. Okay. You, you've got it, the, the first I'm going to hit you with is Ulysses S. Grant, because he came in and we all know what happened with, with Johnson right after Lincoln and, and the, 
the way Lincoln felt he needed a, a Democrat to run with him as a Republican. But really, it never picked up again post-Abraham Lincoln until Grant came in. And and, and the, the other one I'm going to end up talking to you about is, is Teddy Roosevelt. Because, you know, Teddy being a maverick, and of course there's roots here, I, I get that. But he didn't feel that he needed to adhere to the Republican Party, that he could he could break away and he could be a, a bull moose member. But I want to I want to start with Grant. Uh, do you think Ulysses S. Grant was a good president? I okay. Here's here's what I think, and uh, I'll tell you what I think. But I'm not going to tell you how you should think. Uh, <laughs> and this is. Uh, um, I think that Ulysses S. Grant was a good man who tried to do good things as president. He had some friends and advisors around him who were not good people and who saw political power as uh, a source of personal enrichment. I think those people tarnished Grant's reputation throughout history, but I think he tried. He tried to put into place, and he did put into place uh, policies and, uh, and got some laws enacted that protected the rights of those uh, recently emancipated uh, Black Americans in the South, uh, in particular, and uh, uh, you know he, uh, he uh, placed uh, uh, federal uh, troops in the South to make sure that those laws were enforced and that the rights of those uh, uh, people were protected. So I th- I think in that regard, uh, I think he was a good president. So, but you th- you think of the South and you think of Reconstruction and everything it took to kind of put the country back together. And obviously, you know, you, you're not talking even about a generation uh, away from what happened during the Civil War. You know, and, and you've got a, a general that, you know, like you mentioned with uh, George Wallace's running mate, that wasn't afraid to do nasty things at a nasty time to win a war. And so the South must have really hated this man, or am I wrong in that? Oh, uh, no, you're absolutely right, Grant. uh, The white establishment in the South hated Grant. They probably hated Grant as badly as they hated Lincoln and— and that was uh, in 1876, you know, uh, the uh, uh, which was the end of Grant's second term, and he did not run for a third term. Uh, the uh, the election results in many of the southern states were were contested because the. Uh, uh, the uh, establishment, the white establishment, uh, 
politicians in the South came up with one set of electoral votes and the, uh, uh, and the uh, more, uh, uh, I guess, uh, the, the more progressive or uh, uh, the, 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 the folks who supported Grant's policies uh, had another set. And, and the way those electoral votes went would determine whether uh, Rutherford B. Hayes, a Republican, was elected president, or Samuel Tilden, the Democrat governor of New York, would be elected president. And, uh, and they, uh, they <laughs> there, there's a method set out in the Constitution for dealing with this, but the, those at the time came up with their own uh, system for this and basically made a political deal. Uh, the uh, Democrats in the South said, uh, we will allow these electoral votes to be cast for Rutherford B. Hayes, a Republican candidate for president, if Rutherford B. Hayes and the Republican Party agree to end Reconstruction and Grant's enforcement of the civil rights laws that protected the rights of the freed uh, black Americans in the South. And, you know, the Republicans, being practical politicians, said, well, <clears throat> we can do more good if we stay in power than we can if we let the Democrats elect a president. So, so they cut the deal. So they cut the deal. And and you ended up then with the next uh, uh, you know, with the next from then until well basically until uh, uh, the Second World War uh, you ended up with a period of uh, of repression segregation, discrimination, all uh, codified in the law, in the laws of these states. And uh, that, uh, you know, I yeah. don't know. Was that a good thing? Well, I mean... You... <laughs> it, it certainly, it's, it averted the a second civil war from starting in 1876. But it certainly set back the cause of human rights and human liberties uh, for a century. So, so wh one other president before I know you got to go and we got to we got to get out here is Teddy Roosevelt. Um, you know, we were we were talking another time and and partially about this with this podcast about you know party. And, and what people's party was and how that would relate to today. And when I think of an individual uh, like Teddy Roosevelt, I, I don't know that he could be defined by any party. And so I'm going to ask you the, the basic question. Was Teddy Roosevelt a good president? I think he was a good president. I think he was... Uh, uh, I think that... Had he been confronted with a big emergency like 
the Great Depression or like the Second World War or even the First World War, uh, Teddy Roosevelt would have been in that group, that top four or five that was considered to be the greatest presidents in the history of the country. Uh, Teddy Roosevelt wasn't confronted with a crises like that. He had numerous crises, but they didn't, uh, they didn't get to the point where they threatened the existence of the nation as the Great Depression did or as World War II did or, uh, you know, some of those, uh, or the Civil War. Uh, so, uh, you know, so so he I guess he didn't get to he didn't get to strut his stuff, but he was uh, uh, he was certainly a, a guy who uh, who I, I uh, from what I've read of him and from what I've read of what he has written, uh, I believe that he uh, firmly uh, believed that uh, people should be judged on their merit on their character, not on the basis of their race, of their gender, of the color of their skin, or uh, any of those uh, factors. So, uh, yeah, I, th- I, think, uh, I think that Teddy Roosevelt would have been a, a, a near great president, uh, as I think he is considered by most historians, uh, well, they did what? carve his face into the side of a uh, mountain, right? I don't know that you'd call Be, it mountain, but you go down to South Dakota, you are going to see him carved right, in at Mount right. Rushmore. Yeah, and they didn't do that because they thought he was a pipsqueak. <laughs> you know, they they did that because because Teddy Roosevelt re-energized America and got people committed again to American ideals and American principles. You know, I. Recently, there was a, uh, a replay of the movie *Inherit the Wind*, which was about the uh, the uh, uh, the uh, law in Tennessee back in the early 1920s that outlawed the teaching of the theory of evolution. And uh, uh, the uh, uh, the guy who uh, uh, assisted the prosecution and and stood up for that law was uh, William Jennings Bryant, one of the great uh, giants of liberal progressive thinking of the late 19th and early 20th centuries, uh, three times a candidate for president of the U.S., uh, never was elected, but he came close. And uh, and his, uh, his opponent, the who uh, uh, defended the guy accused of teaching the theory of evolution was Clarence Darrow, the greatest defense attorney uh, of the late 19th century, early 20th century, probably the greatest defense attorney ever in the history of this country, just a brilliant, brilliant mind and this contest between these two guys. But I I always found it uh, striking that... uh, William Jennings Bryant ran twice for president against William McKinley and once for president 
against William Howard Taft, but he did not run for president against Theodore Roosevelt. <laughs> and, I, and I think that is because they, even though they were of different political parties, Roosevelt was a Republican and, and uh, uh, Bryant was a uh, Democrat, they, their basic, their core beliefs in uh, what this country stands for, what this country should stand for, uh, were uh, pretty close. Uh, I don't know if you could say they were identical, but they were awfully close. Yeah. And uh, so, I mean, I think that Theodore Roosevelt, regardless of his political party, <clears throat> would have uh, rated to be one of the figures on Mount Rushmore just because he of, of what he did to re-energize the this country and to reinvigorate uh, its belief in itself and uh, you know in what Americans can do uh, you know you hear it every now and then I, I think uh, uh, on Tuesday night I believe our current president said you know we're Americans we can do anything we can do anything we put our minds to doing. And that was Theodore Roosevelt. That was William Jennings Bryan. That was Franklin D. Roosevelt. That was Harry Truman. That was John F. Kennedy, LBJ. Those guys, they said, hey, uh, Dwight D. Eisenhower, we are Americans. We can do anything we want to do if we put our minds we put our hearts, we put our souls to it, we can do it. Yeah. And Bill, always good taking these other rides with you and always good getting a chance to just visit. I appreciate it. You bet. Bill good, Anderson, ladies good and time. gentlemen. Thank you, Joel. You bet. Uh, good riding with you, folks.